Post 2. Recycle bins. Full of false promises. In 2010 alone, somewhere around 8 million metric tons of plastic entered the world's oceans. This value is comparable to five grocery bags filled with plastic, entering the oceans from every foot of coastline in the world. This is not a cumulative statistic. This volume of plastic actually enters our oceans each year, every year. And this number is only expected to rise in the coming decades. If we continue on as we have been, projections suggest that by 2025, the quantity of plastic entering the oceans will double. For a material that has existed barely 65 years, the pervasion of plastics into our daily lives is quite astounding, albeit unsettling. Today we use over a million plastic bottles every minute worldwide. Plastics have permeated our spaces in the form of containers, wrappings, multicolored utensils, toys, devices, and unnamed detritus that has become ubiquitous on our shelves and in our drawers. Yet its most alarming form is single-use plastic. These are the plastic bags and bottles, wrappings and styrofoam containers, which have become normalized in our culture today. Approximately 40% of all plastic produced comprises single-use plastic packaging. This careless inundation of plastic into our daily lives is beginning to catch up with us, and it's overwhelming our waste management systems. We must understand, plastic persists for centuries. Thus, its impact must be considered cumulatively. This means that almost every bag, every jug and toothbrush, every toy and candy wrapper that has ever been produced since World War II exists in some form among us. Just 9% of the plastic ever produced has been recycled. The only conventional plastic not physically present somewhere on the globe in some shape or form has been incinerated. However, even then, it is not clear that it all goes away. When we recycle plastic, it doesn't go away either. It simply exists in another form. But more on incineration and plastic recycling to come. For decades, the United States, alongside hundreds of other countries around the world, has shipped off its plastic recycling to be dealt with abroad. Most of it has gone to Southeast Asia, more specifically to China. China started accepting the world's plastic in the 1980s, when it was desperate for raw material to fuel its growth in manufacturing and infrastructure. With an enormous, inexpensive labor force, it made more economic sense for China to recycle used materials from around the world than to source from virgin material fabricated directly from extracted fossil fuels. And by accepting and hand-sorting through much of our plastic waste, which was contaminated with food residue, and laden with difficult-to-recycle plastics, these countries have not only been subsidizing the United States recycling industry by giving value to material 
that otherwise would have had limited worth, but also have enabled us to avoid accountability for our own waste, sending it away, out of sight, out of mind, allowed us to be blissfully ignorant of the fact that much of what we throw in that blue bin can't be recycled in the first place. In 2018, China refused to continue to be the dumping ground of the world. Much of the plastic trash that they had been accepting had been too contaminated to be recycled and had polluted their land, their waterways, and their bodies. Consequently, for the sake of its people and the natural environment, China implemented a ban on the import of plastic waste, the yogurt containers, plastic wrap, plastic bottles, and other junk that had been funneled their way for decades. The United States exported 2.1 billion tons of plastic waste in the first six months of 2017. During that same period in 2019, that value dropped to just 773 million pounds of plastic, a 63% decrease in just two years. As a result, the majority of our recyclables began to pile up domestically with nowhere to go. Story after story illustrates previously recyclable plastic being diverted to landfills. Some towns are reported as having discontinued recycling altogether. And the United States is not in a position to be able to compensate for the loss of the exportability of our recyclables. The domestic recycling infrastructure has a long way to go to be able to accommodate the mass quantity of recyclable plastic we produce. And further, incentives to invest in these new facilities are few and far between. Manufacturers can make products from new, clean, virgin plastic for a price similar to that of using recycled plastic content, but with greater ease and quality confidence. Furthermore, the FDA cites safety concerns about using recycled content for food packaging, given the potential presence of non-food grade chemical contaminants. This is why it is difficult to find any food encased in plastic containing recycled content. Recyclers estimate that 25% of the items in the average recycling bin are contaminants. Either the material by nature is unrecyclable, or it contains food or beverage residue. Waste Management, one of the country's largest waste companies, cautions that a single wrong item in the recycling bin represents a global problem that's preventing thousands of tons of recyclables from ever seeing a second life. The result? A vast majority of our plastic recyclables are bound for landfills or incinerators. Harder to recycle plastics, these are plastics numbers three through seven, which had a limited recycling market before China's ban, now have very few prospects for a second life. Even the perfectly recyclable plastics, such as plastic bottles and laundry detergent jugs, these are plastics numbers one and two, may not be making the cut. When disposed of in a landfill, the gradual plastic decomposition 
can leach toxic chemicals into our groundwater. In the presence of moisture, leachate can be formed from the waste, often containing high levels of heavy metals and hazardous organic compounds that can drain into nearby surface and groundwater. When incinerated, the resulting gases will contribute to the production of carbon dioxide, a greenhouse gas, and can release cancer-causing dioxins and heavy metals into the air. Is this what is happening all over the country now? If a quarter of our recyclables are contaminated, and just one contaminated item can render all of the other items in that batch unrecyclable, are we fooling ourselves believing that even a portion of our plastic will have a second life? Is waste management's statement a disclaimer that much of what we intend to and believe is being recycled is simply winding up in a landfill or incinerator or being sent abroad to a country already overwhelmed with plastic trash? With that being said, Recycling is still portrayed as the hero in the epic that is the plastic crisis. In fact, more of us are recycling than ever before. However, now more than ever, our carefully separated recyclables, our attempts to do the right thing, are likely going to waste. In 2017, the EPA found that only 8.4% of plastic produced in the United States had been recycled that year. This 8.4% measured the recycling rate before China implemented its plastic ban and stopped taking the majority of our plastic recycling. One can only imagine the toll this market change has taken on the domestic recycling rate since then. The California legislature estimated that the United States recycling rate decreased to 4.4% in 2018 and is likely to further drop to just 2.9% in 2019. It will take years to compile the data to confirm these statistical estimates. But are we willing to waste precious time waiting for the exact numbers when the stories told by the global plastic market speak for themselves? Now I have a question for you. Can you see your reflection in the ocean? The destruction caused by our disposable habits is all too visible within our oceans. The debris entering the oceans is often captured by currents which deposit it in oceanic gyres that collect to form massive garbage patches. The Pacific Garbage Patch alone is estimated to be more than twice the size of Texas. Alarmingly, the quantity of plastic floating in these ocean gyres is only a fraction of the plastic in the ocean. Around two-thirds of the plastic waste sinks to the ocean floor. Exposed to the sun and currents, these remaining plastics are broken down into smaller and smaller microplastics that float interminably in a vortex of plastic shards. The ocean becomes a colorful slurry of toxic confetti, ranging from the size of a grain of rice 
to particles invisible to the human eye. The synthetic soup not only proceeds to suffocate and poison aquatic life, which consume or are entangled within it, but subsequently enters the food chain and poses a very real threat to humans and our food security. You may have heard that much of the plastic that has formed the Pacific garbage patch can be traced to Southeast Asia, namely China. A 2015 study analyzing the land-based contribution of plastic waste to oceans by country confirmed this, and they found that China was at the time by far the largest source. This conclusion was found by looking at population size near waterways, plastic production, and percentage of mismanaged plastic waste. Similarly, a 2017 study looked at plastic entering the oceans through river systems and found that 10 rivers, eight in Asia and two in Africa, were responsible for most of this plastic. The Yangtze River in China was the largest contributor. Some people have used this as an opportunity to blame China for our oceanic plastic problems, concluding that we as Americans therefore have no need to alter our disposable lifestyles. But perhaps we should reconsider our role in this matter. For decades, higher income countries around the globe, including the US, have been exporting much of their plastic waste to lower income countries in East Asia and the Pacific region, which have less robust waste management systems. In 2016, China and Hong Kong, a gateway for plastic entering into China, imported 72.4% of the world's plastic waste. This recycling was often carried out by small family operations. When we jettison our plastic waste across the ocean, we inundate the lives of impoverished families with mountains of artificial toxicity. Potato chip bags, layers of indistinguishable dirty plastic wrap, soda bottles, bottle caps, condiment containers, styrofoam cups, and colorful straws lie scattered about. These conditions we create are far from benign. The people in these communities are paid next to nothing to hand sort through our waste, separating the plastic of value from the mass of non-recyclable plastic, then sorting it by type. Much of the remaining waste is mismanaged, either discarded where it is sorted, spread over fields, stashed in canyons, or sent to uncontrolled landfills or open dumps where it could escape into waterways. A 2015 study estimated that 76% of plastic waste in China is mismanaged and can get lost to the natural environment. In the United States, that value is just 2%, a harsh irony. When China stopped accepting the world's plastic trash, alternative destinations were sought. Initially, countries such as Thailand, India, Vietnam and Malaysia temporarily increased the volume of plastic they would accept. However, after just a few months, they too were overwhelmed. 
countries including the United States, Canada, and the UK have been caught trying to illegally send containers of plastic waste into Malaysia and Vietnam, labeled as other material. Today we see the plastic burden and the subsequent environmental atrocities continuing to be passed down to countries including Bangladesh, Ethiopia, Senegal, and Cambodia. In parts of Cambodia overwhelmed with plastic for recycling, stories tell of every inch of beach and adjacent ocean water being smothered in plastic waste. Some locals in these communities are scared to drink the groundwater and are engulfed by the stench of these plastic piles. They can develop respiratory illness from the toxic fumes formed from burning the plastics into recycled resins from within makeshift workshops, often directly adjacent to their homes. Toxic substances such as hydrochloric acid, sulfur dioxide, endocrine disrupting chemicals, dioxins, and heavy metals abound. This plastic nightmare is made up of the bottles and containers that we so carefully separated, rinsed, and placed in our recycle bins. We thought we were being environmental stewards, contributing to the solution to our plastic problems. Perhaps it's time to own the contents of our recycle bins as part of our waste, rather than a testament to our own good deeds. Picture a plastic cup bobbing amidst a slurry of plastic in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. Is this your cup? Up next is post three. Out of sight cannot mean out of mind. One of the most harmful byproducts of our plastic use is all around us, but often too small to see with the naked eye. 